Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Shoot, it would bring sunshine to a cloudy, cloudy day. Uh, so that's what we're hunting for. Uh, we're on the brink of it, so just got to push through it. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. DJ Moore, too, man. He had a great vibe. His whole vibe today, DJ Moore in the locker room, almost makes me want to pick the Bears to win the game against Washington. I don't know. I will say that the after everything that has gone down with the Bears in the last couple of weeks, the locker room felt very loose and friendly today. So... It was, you know, for whatever it's worth, there was a nice vibe in the Chicago Bears locker room on this day out at Hallisall. One of the people that was out there as well is my colleague, Chris Emma of 670thescore.com. He's out there just like me every day. We sit next to each other. He's on Twitter. You see all of his fine tweets and his writings at CMA670. What's going on, Chris? How are you, man? What's up, buddy? How we doing? I'm doing well. One of the, the big things that did occur today at Hallis Hall during our conversation with Matt Eberflus was the topic of his job security was broached today, and um, he answered it as well as he, he could. But um, what say you? Is it reality? Is it potential reality that um, Matt Eberflus could lose his job in season with the Chicago Bears? I don't think anything's out of the question at this point when you've lost 14 straight games. And in this case, if you make it 15 tomorrow night, it's – look, this is a franchise worth losing streak. Uh, this is a organization that has been in rebuild mode looking to get uh, – progressing this season towards becoming a contender. And everything to this point, 0-4, really non-competitive for the most part, has been an extreme disappointment that falls uh, at the feet of the head coach, Matt Eberflus. And he was picked by Ryan Poles to be the guy leading forward – this roster developing individuals and creating a culture of winning expectations and they've fallen flat on everything so far it's early it's four games it's still plenty of time to i'm not saying to make the playoffs i'm just saying to make some kind of positive of this season but uh it does fall matt eberflus right now i know the bears have never fired a coach mid-season before but this is a different president and kevin warren he's got high standards he has high expectations and I'm curious to see how soon he might act. Would that be Poles' decision? 
I don't think it is in this case. Polls has the authority of the roster and of the football operations, but he reports to Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren's the one who oversees and has the final say in the football offside. Uh, that was not the case. Ted Phillips was very quick to volunteer that he is not a football guy. George McCaskey said so himself as well. Kevin Warren's a football guy. He knows trends around the league. He knows smart football people. Uh, he's somebody who can oversee a hiring process if it gets to that point this offseason. But I think he has a, a different view of this organization from where Ryan Poles might be right now and certainly from you know where Ted Phillips might have been if he was still in charge. So do you think that's the, the precedent then, that Kevin Warren hires and fires the coach? I mean, it's a collaborative detail, obviously, but it's, look, Kevin Warren is Ryan Poles' boss at this point. Um, that was not the, Ryan Pace was, you know, he reported to ownership, but ultimately he had the final say on these things. Kevin Warren has the final say now of everything that goes on with this organization, and they made that plenty clear when they hired him, uh, when they introduced him in January, and then when he first stepped foot uh, to his job in, in April. This is a different organization now that's trying to do things uh, you know, a different way than they've done it in the past. And that's why when I keep hearing the idea of they've never done this before midseason, I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and I think, too, and I, I brought this up earlier, Chris, that it – well, I don't – my predict – like, if, if pressed on it, I would predict that even if they are 0-5, that it's it's not going to happen. But – Kevin Warren, back to him, being the new boss, sometimes you want to put your own stamp on things and sometimes sort of unpurposely do things differently to show everybody, almost a, a symbolism, that things are going to be done differently around here for now on. Yeah, and I'll add to that, Mark. You were in that locker room after Sunday's game. It was such a deflated feeling, and the team just had such a dejection. I had never seen a team president of the Bears in the locker room after the game. Like I saw Kevin Warren there. I saw him in the locker room after that loss at KC, too, a week and a half ago when they got blown out at Arrowhead Stadium. He has more of a presence around the football side than Ted Phillips did. And uh, we, like, we, like I said, they, they mentioned when he was introduced back in January that Kevin, that Kevin Warren's going to have a say over many of these matters and really overseeing this entire football operation side. We've seen that presence already just from being at practices and being in the locker room after these games. He's been present. He is absolutely a part of this. That's that's interesting, and that's a good question for you too because, yeah, we've seen you know Kevin Warren sitting you know right near us in the press box. I don't know if he was there for the, for the Denver game, but definitely for the Tampa Bay game. Was that something? Because I was on the sidelines since 2018. This is my first year in the press box. And it, was Ted Phillips ever amongst you guys the way Kevin Warren was? No. Yeah. I, I never saw him on a game day in terms of being in the press box area. I know he's you know he attends these games, obviously. He's just in a different spot. Kevin Warren, what he said in January, he said his primary objective, aside from the stadium dealings, was he was going to meet with every single Bears employee alphabetically, A through Z, to get a feel of what can make this organization better. He wrapped up those interviews, I believe, a month ago at this point now. Uh, but he still is overseeing every aspect of this organization, and top to bottom, not just the football operations. So uh, he's been ever-present. We've seen him all throughout the building and throughout uh, these practices. He has been all around. What do you think about Flus in terms of his ability to coach? Because I, I don't... Like the the the, the twenty eight having a twenty eight to seven lead and you, you blow that that's a that's a big you know f on the report card for Matt Eberflus in terms of 
you know, just like the, if you're like looking at actual things that have occurred. But I don't know if he's a bad coach. Do you think he is? I don't know if I want to answer that as much as just kind of point out what we've observed so far. And it's in the case of this in-game management, I had a lot more faith in him. He's somebody who's spoken very much about his process and his plan being detail-oriented, leaning on analytics people, the kind of in-game communication that leads to these decisions. I didn't love the way that that was handled in that fourth and one play, for example, when you do burn the timeout and you come out in uh, that read option play from a shotgun. I didn't love the, the mm-hmm. process by which that played out. Uh, but I look at this from the big picture now with uh, Matt Eberflus and the fact that this roster is just not developing. Like, we're a year and a half now into this, and we've not seen, you know, cornerstone players emerge. I wrote about it last week in my Marquee Sports Network column. You know, it's, if you want to count the cornerstones on this team, Bill Pulliam once said a great team has to have about 10 to 12 of those the blue-chip guys. I think the Bears have two right now. That's DJ Moore and Tremaine Edmonds. And mm-hmm. frankly, Edmonds has not played to that caliber, but... He's got the benefit of the doubt from his time in Buffalo. You're not getting these guys developing. Look to, like, the Rams, for example, where Puka Nuku was a fifth-round pick, a rookie who's been lighting up the world so far this year. Like, the Bears don't have a Puka Nakua. They don't have these kind of success stories developing. And that's what's maddening to this point is this roster is not improving as a whole, and you're not getting these individual success stories that you'd hope to have. Yeah, there's just nothing redeeming from these games. And to your to further your point... All of these losses, as I was discussing earlier, have just been awful. Like, you know, I mean, there's no like fluky loss or, you know, you played super well and then you, you know what I mean? Like, like these, there's nothing redeeming from any of these games. And yeah, this is a team we've heard about the hits principle from day one when Matt Abrams was in, in, introduced. Hustle, intensity, taking you know, the football away, smart situational football. They've not done any of that this season. They've looked like a shell of what Matt Eberfuss wants them to be. That's something that you either have or you don't. You either play to that style or you don't. What's going on? Why aren't they embracing Matt Eberfuss' stylings and what he wants out of this team? That's what's frustrating. Just to the basic principle of hustle and intensity. I've not seen this team hustle and play intense throughout the course of these first four games. <laughs> I know takeaways are, that's tough. That's something that comes through skill and talent, whatever. But the basic principles, you're not seeing that being executed. One of the topics that has come up in one way or the other throughout this week has been Justin Fields and can he repeat what he did this past week against Denver, at least the good portion of what he did, where he got up to you know over 300 yards and had four touchdown passes. Can, can we see some version of that against Washington? What do you think? You'd like to think so, right? I mean, it's uh, if I want to see Lou Getzey continue to build and evolve upon the scheme that we saw last week and throw out everything we saw in those first three games. Like, give me more moving pockets. Give me more of Justin Fields running to set up these throws. That's what you do in terms of maximizing his playmaking abilities and then make him into that passer. They, they tried so much in those first three games to force him into being a pocket passer to the point where Fields himself had to call upon the coaching staff and say, this can't happen anymore. I want something different. You saw that different on Sunday. It was, frankly, it's kind of funny the way that this whole thing got overshadowed by the fact that they blew a 21-point lead because... Justin Fields is one of the better quarterback performances certainly I've seen in my nine years covering this team, and I think one of the best in Bears franchise history. Uh, I know there were the mistakes down the stretch, uh, the, the fumble that got taken the other way, the interception that sealed the win for the Broncos, but 
Uh, he was tremendous in terms of executing the concepts that Luke Getzey brought before him. I want to see more of that. It's I want to see it also against a defense of the commanders that's going to attack more, that's got some tough pass rushers. This is going to be more of a challenge like what you saw a few weeks ago against the Buccaneers mm-hmm. with a pressuring front and a lot more challenges for him to manage. That Broncos defense is last ranked in the league in just about every major statistical category. And I'm not trying to diminish what Justin Fields did this on Sunday as much as just saying, I'd love to see it against a talented defense like what the commanders have. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to put in perspective what Justin Fields did. I think that's what we've all struggled with because we've seen him play a certain way, which has not been particularly good in his time with the Bears. And then all of a sudden, there it is. There's the game. So no matter what it was, even if it had been a better defense, you kind of got to take it for what it was, Chris, and it's one game. Yeah, I, look, you can, like you said, I like what Luke Getzey claimed a couple of days ago in that, you know, they're, they're, these are NFL players. They're all really good. Like, you don't throw a side because it's a 32nd ranked defense. Like, what Justin Fields did on, on that touchdown to Cole Komet, where he scrambled to his right, you thought he was going to run an end, or maybe drop the shoulder and try to force contact at the goal line. And then he just pulls back and allows it into Komet, who's right there. Or that play, uh, the touchdown to Herbert, where he put the defender on a string, just messed with him. Like, that's Patrick Mahomes stuff. You don't see, we haven't seen that from Justin Fields. We've seen him as a rusher and a playmaker in, through the running game, but we not see him be that dynamic uh, passer where he can use his abilities and make those plays happen. I would love to see more of that. I hope Luke Getzey continues to embrace what he saw and design plays that play to those strengths because Justin Fields has a ton of strengths, and he's much more comfortable clearly within an offense that plays to those strengths. Uh, continue to build this offense the right way, and you're going to start winning some of these games. What do you think about Luke Getzey and the job that he has done and doing? Clearly not good enough. I mean, the, the fact that it took three games for them to really have this kind of offense, like, you would have loved to see this kind of offense week one against the Packers, and you go on and win that game because Justin Fields is just taking over. Like The fact that it took this long, you hear every smart football expert that we follow and we trust on social media, that the multitude of uh, different experts that come on this radio station every week, everyone has said the same thing. Is Where has that been? Keep <laughs> building that. Like The fact that it took this long is on Luke Getzey. Uh, he continued to say throughout the first few weeks, you know, we're close, we're a few plays away. You saw those few plays this past weekend. Like, you saw them finally break through from close and being there. Uh, build on that. Continue to evolve this offense around Justin Fields' skill set throughout everything that you had in the first three weeks. Uh, Luke Getzey, this is a guy who was you know, a head coaching candidate last offseason, obviously didn't come to fruition. He can put himself in the right position and really put aside those first few weeks if he's able to continue to build an offense around Justin Fields. Chris, if you were writing a column about Chase Claypool's time with the Chicago Bears, how would you attack it? Man, I, I've probably written a few of those at this point. It's like it's it's a frustrating saga. It's extremely disappointing. Um you start with the fact that Mike Tomlin doesn't lose many of these bets. He didn't lose that bet when he put Antonio Brown out there and sent him to the Raiders. And uh, obviously it's a different scenario with a guy like Chase Claypool, but he had the reputation of being an emotional and frustrated player in Pittsburgh. Bears gave up a second-round pick for him anyways. They believe that they can make this right. Uh, it's something we see so often in football, coaches and regimes that believe they can do something differently than the past regime did or than this other team's regime did. 
Uh, it got exponentially worse for Chase Claypool, where he became more frustrated. Uh, we saw these blow-ups. We saw, I, I go back to that day in August when Chase Claypool went after Tyreek Stevenson in training camp at a one-on-one drill and pulled his hamstring and then went after Stevenson even more. And mm-hmm. we're all kind of sitting there in the silence like, Man, this this might not be good. Like this is a guy who was so dominant at times during the course of camp, and yeah. he's been dominant during the course of his career. This is a guy who's extremely talented, uh, size, makeup, everything you want in terms of physical performance. But obviously, he's missing that one box to be checked: the emotional side, the ability to keep it all controlled, to play with the kind of effort that the Bears hope they'd find of him. The fact that he went into a contract season, Mark, and here he is uh, about to be cut loose from a team, and frankly, I don't know if any team's going to pick him up. Like, I, Certainly nobody's mm. trading for him. I don't know who's going to want to pick him up and take another chance on him because the Bears are a team right now that's winless, that's struggled through so much. I don't know if it's going to be a lot better for a different team at this point. Um, Chase Claypool had all the opportunity to maximize this contract year to get paid big money to prove himself as one of the better receivers in the league. And he threw that opportunity away. That's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, he's got to get himself right from a mental perspective. I and mean, I think that's that's obvious just with some of the, the tantrums that he's had, the fighting that he's had. And he, just, he was just not good for that locker room. And at some point in time, you got to cut losses. And he got he got a long chance with the Bears. And uh, it, it did not work out. And I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see him again. That is, uh, we are talking to Chris Emma of 670thescore.com and of the Marquee Sports Network. So he um, does lots of stuff for them as well. But it does uh, remind me that oftentimes Chris Emma will be tweeting about or writing about or attending Chicago Cubs games throughout the year. So, so really, Chris, what was more disturbing, the Bears choking away a 28-7 to lead at uh, Soldier Field or the Cubs choking away, what, an 87% chance to make the playoffs? Yeah, man, it's disappointing for the Cubs. I got a side on that. The Bears are a team that's lost 14 straight games. I <laughs> yeah. had expectations for the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching right now with the, the Phillies kind of taking it to the Marlins in this series, and I don't know how well it would have gone for the Cubs if they were to squeak into the playoffs because they were a team that was just struggling down the stretch. Uh, there's so many different things you can look at for this organization. Jen Hoyer's going to have a busy offseason just evaluating and assessing what went wrong. Uh, some of the managerial decisions, I think, rightfully deserve criticism. I think the construction of this bullpen, the fact that you're able to lose two or three guys down the stretch run and this entire bullpen collapses, that falls at the feet of the president of the baseball ops and Jen Hoyer. That This bullpen could have been constructed a bit more competitively for the team that hoped to make the postseason this year. Um, it's going to be a big offseason for the Cubs. You, this team seems aggressive and ready to spend, ready to make uh, key decisions. We heard our colleague Bruce Levine report that Pete Alonzo was somebody in a trade that the Cubs could have on their radar. Go get him. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's a masher, who's a leader, who's everything this team is really missing, that power presence, that true cleanup hitter. Start with that. Make that deal happen. Uh, don't fall out of this trade bidding here. This is a great opportunity for the Cubs. Go get Cody Bellinger back. Don't worry about, oh, we got you know, how is it going to work with him and Alonzo and Pete Crow Armstrong. You need depth. You need quality bench. Yeah. You need everything you can to form a really deep, talented lineup. And then go address the pitching staff with one more guy. Don't believe that every single young pitcher is going to work out because you're forcing yourself into a potential situation where you're going to be disappointed by some guys. Build organizational depth. Uh, add to the top line with some more core star players to this team. You got a really good young organization going. Your top five farm system. You won 83 games this year. 
Things are on the up and up. You can put aside the disappointment of this uh, month of September, have a great off season, and go into next year as a favorite to win the Central. Yeah, it would be something, man, if, if Pete Alonso could make his way to the north side and couple that with uh, Bellinger. It sounds like a dream. But uh, what is Alonso got one more year in his contract? Like they'd have to extend him, right? He's not a free agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. he'd be a he'd be a one year guy left on the deal. You you get an extension. Oh man, You're clearly making that deal with the intention of signing. Oh, him you would? Term. Okay. I guess, yeah, I guess Absolutely. it's different than Bellinger because nobody knew Bellinger was going to have the season that he did. So yeah, I was trying to, I was thinking in my head like, well, is this going to just be another case where they get one year out of the guy? Alonzo will be great, and the the Cubs will get him all ready for for uh, for you know free agency, and then he goes someplace else, and it would be two years in a row. But you make a good point that he that he would uh, want to stay here long term. So. Yeah, the Cubs were 29th in baseball in first baseman war this season. They need to improve that spot. Uh, it's such an obvious addition. Uh, they were lacking in power a lot of the time. Pete Alonso is really the missing piece for this team in my mind. And lastly, did you happen to hear Brian Urlacher on our airwaves today? Brian Urlacher? I heard bits and pieces. I heard, he, uh, I heard him going after our, our the late, great Les Grobstein for his <laughs> yeah. rant. Oh, that was unbelievable. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. But one of the things that caught my ear during the interview is something that I am shocked that I did not know because I would have assumed that you would have informed me about this. But uh, does the name Kennedy Erlacher mean anything to you? Oh, goodness. Where are we going with this one? <laughs> Kennedy Erlacher going to play football at Notre Dame. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yes, of course. Yeah. And Notre Dame's got the pipeline going. They got Jerome Bettis' kid is going there as oh. well. I think Brian Young has a child going there. You got the, the pipeline of Hall of Famers going to, uh, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the best young football coach in the country in Marcus Freeman. Oh, and okay. You want to talk about a program on the up and up. The Fighting Irish have it going. Tough loss against Ohio State, but you bounce back with a great character win against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, it's exciting times in South Bend. I know you're a big fan, Mark. Yeah, well, you know, I support you, Chris. So there and we go. I know how much you love Notre Dame, and that's okay. You don't cover them. That's, that's the team that you still get to hold on to your, your fandom for, right? That's right. Yes, absolutely. That is very acceptable. Chris, thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Take care. Yep, that is uh, Chris Emma, Notre Dame fan cover of the of, of Chicago sports he does it all but his uh, focus like mine is on the Chicago Bears so if you want to follow Chris though he is on Twitter do it now at cemma 670 we have not opened the phone lines for quite a while and we've only got uh, 25 minutes left to go here so if you'd like call it anything anything on your mind for the last 35 minutes that's the way it works here on the last 35 minutes of this particular show. If you'd like to call in and discuss anything Chicago sports or not, I'm open. 312-644-6767. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Nate Davis is the right guard for the Chicago Bears. He has been dealing with some personal issues, death in the family, and that had kept him from practicing and playing and really speaking to the media. He opened up to us a little bit today. We're going to play that for you in a second. And... Eberflus shared with us, Matt Eberflus, the Bears head coach, shared with us that TJ Edwards would be the honorary captain and that he gave like a pretty cool speech to the locker room today. So we'll we'll hear from TJ Edwards as well. But as promised, we go to the phones at 312-644-6767. Don is in Chicago. Hello, Don. Hey, how you doing, my buddy? How are you? Very well, Don. Very well. Okay, I'm the same guy that uh, maybe talked to you about the, the beer that they're going to pick up, uh, that they're going to do North Carolina. You remember? On point. I did turn the draft. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 I do remember, yes. Don. Yes, Tyler, and yes. Tyler told me, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yes, yes. Okay, I just want to let you know that uh, I, got a, I got a secret why the beers are losing. Okay, bring it. Yeah, the thing about it is like, you know, think about it. Why somebody's going to look for 14 straight games, okay? The reason is that the players don't like Iberflus. Mm. The, player don't, the players don't like him. They don't play for him. They don't, they don't want to play for him. That's exactly what's, what's going on. Look at other. Look at Denver. They are not a good team, but they're playing for the, play for the coach. These players are not playing. If they change the coach, you're going to see we got a good players. We got good players. Everybody, the linebacker, the. I don't think it's that. I, I, I don't think that it's that they don't want to play for Eberflus. I think it is far from that. Is it possible that Eberflus doesn't inspire them like a head coach could or should? That's possible. The way you're talking, it makes it sound like uh-huh. it's almost personal, and like that that it's doesn't impossible. that doesn't really Not happen. Really, especially, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Don. You know, my brother, the thing about it is like, let's think about parents, our, our parents. When they're trying to inspire the children or something like that, they, they do whatever, everything they're supposed to do. But they don't see anything from the evil flus to inspire them to, you know. Yeah, I mean, do, to, that's possible. Know, to, that's, that's, exactly what, that's exactly what's going on. Okay. You know, I never see, I never see evil flus when this guy come back to the, to the line. He doesn't give them five. He doesn't. Check them. Doesn't do all that stuff. You know, other other coach. They, you know, you have to try to do something for these players. They are professionals, but they want somebody. They want somebody to at least to, you know, to encourage them. 
I never see ever flows, you know, chasing them, setting their hands, giving them five and hugging them or something. No, he never does that on the line. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see Coach Dedersen do that? That's one of the reasons why they don't they don't want to play, play for this guy. Yeah. This is one of the reasons. Hey, you know, Don. Don so I believe when they, yeah, Don, thank you uh-huh. very much for the call, man. Always appreciate hearing from you. And I think uh, I, I don't completely disagree with you on – Everything. One of the things I agree with you on is, and you didn't say this, but I, the, the way I was hearing it is, it's got to go beyond the hits principle for Matt Eberflus. Like, I don't think the players have any. I mean, it's, I'm sure some do. I mean, remember Jalen Johnson had kind of had an issue. Like, what, what's what's this hits principle stuff? Like at first, I mean, he admitted that. Um, but I think most players are like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, every coach has their own version of hits principle. You know, it's not always in acronym form, but every coach has their base rules and the way you are expected to comport yourself um, every single day in practice that in, and, and obviously in the games. But, yes, it's got to go beyond that for Matt Eberflus, and it seems like at times he has struggled to go beyond that. And I would imagine that he, he probably knows that, too. That yeah okay the foundation is set or at least the words behind the idea behind the foundation are out there but now there has to be more to it there has to be like I said if not wins the development and the promise that wins are coming none of these four games this year give evidence to any of that and finally at least at least you finally did have something redeeming from a game and that was the first three quarters of what Justin Fields did at least we can all look at that and clip that little piece of positive off the rest of the scab that was the Bears game in a game in which they blew a 28 to 7 lead but take that little flimsy scrap and say can we take this scrap from this game and apply that to the next game because if Justin Fields does do that against Washington and, and like he has another 300 yard game with four touchdowns and the bears lose just starting to think a little differently uh, during that bye i mean our our conversation probably still will be on the head coach but all of a sudden man if fields does big things tomorrow night wow that would change the conversation for a while let's go to john in palatine hello john you're on the score what's up my brother how you doing i'm well man you oh man i'm doing good man I- I'm, I'm 65, man. I've been watching these Bears, these Cubs, these White Sox. Like, DT guys been trying the wrong guys for years. And the Bears are still doing that, man. <laughs> it ain't nothing wrong with Justin Fields to me. Nothing. Mm. He hired the wrong people to run these organizations. Man, who does this year in and year out? How many coaches we got to go through before we go out there and get the right guy? And why didn't we go to a, a winning organization to pull a, a guy from a winning organization like the Houston Texans did? The Houston Texans ain't got no problem. They went to San Francisco and got a guy out of the, out of the, out of the uh, organization. Not not us. We go around we go around in circles and find some idiot to come in here to to run our freaking franchise. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with this the city, man? Why did we do this to ourselves? The fans, we suffer through this crap year in and year out because these idiots can't figure this crap out. And it, it pisses me off. And, and I get tired of blaming Justin Fields. Justin Fields knows what the hell he's doing. We got idiots freaking coaching him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that call. Wow. 
Wow. I was not mad before this call, but I'm mad now. Oh, amen. I don't even know what he was saying, but amen. I'm so pissed. God, I'm mad after that call. Oh, what was he saying, though? No, I appreciate the passion, man. That, that, was, that was fantastic. Oh, boy, I wish that was on Twitch because I was over here. Oh, man. I needed a little rage flowing through me, man. Ooh, that is that is two really good calls, man. Back to backers. No, I'm serious. I am not. That is not shtick. That was fantastic. 312-644-6767. You got 20 minutes to top that. I don't know how you could top that. That was great. <laughs> is he is he a regular? Do you know or is that I've never I don't think so. Yeah, I've never sound familiar to me. Before. I mean, he was Don yeah. up. Don's Don he comes in a lot. Oh yeah, but... no Don. Of course, Don and I know. But each other. Uh... Don's great. I didn't I actually did not understand what Don said initially about North Carolina. I didn't feel like asking him because I felt like it was going to take a while for me to understand. Not not cuz he was not being clear. I didn't remember something and I was acting like I did remember it. Do you know what he was talking about, North Carolina or whatever? Ah, uh, no, oh. because uh, <laughs> because I, I was if I was working that show, uh, no, uh, with you at the time, I probably would have, but I don't think oh, I was okay. on that show. Oh, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. I'm getting into the minutia on a caller because because it was a previous call we had had something. He's like, remember I told you this, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember it, but I didn't remember it because I just didn't want to slow down the call for everybody listening. You know that that was what I was worried about. You know, Tyler? No, for, for sure. Yeah, I to make yeah sure. it's like I didn't want to slog it, but now, now I actually want to know what he was talking about <laughs> at the beginning. I'm, I'm very curious. Maybe he'll call back. Yeah, hopefully he will. Hopefully he will. We'll take our final break here. We'll come back. Definitely would love to take more of your calls if you'd like to make them at 312-644-6767. But we'll also get into Nate Davis and what he had to say out at Hallis Hall as well. I'm Mark Grody. It is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Yeah, let's do that, and let's get back to you. Because I asked for calls, and I got calls at 312-644-6767. We are certainly talking Bears and to Steve in Crystal Lake. Hi, Steve. Hi, Grody. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. All right. So in the last – I've been listening to your show. uh, I've been driving for a bit here. But anyway, in the last 45 years, the Bears ownership has hired, I believe, only one head coach who has experience which is John Fox. Mm-hmm. General managers, same thing. Yep. We are the freaking Chicago Bears. Why do we not hire head coaches and GMs with experience, i.e., how about John Gruden? I <laughs> mean, can you imagine if John Gruden was our head coach next year and bring that type of you know, respect and discipline well, to our I team? Think, I don't think John Gruden's got a whole lot of respect around the league, you know, considering some of the words and comments and racist stuff that was going on. So 
um, you know, with Gruden. I get what you're saying about the football guy, but John Gruden would not be a really good example. I did talk about this earlier. I think I talked about this earlier. I did my podcast right before I started the show, so sometimes I forget that I talk about that on the podcast. Was that on the show? But I did talk about, and I'll do it in a more condensed fashion this time, you're talking about the lack of experience in key positions in your football franchise, those being GM and head coach. This has been the pattern since Mike Ditka. And I believe that the reason that there has been a pattern in their hiring since Ditka is because, honestly, there was a certain trauma that Mike Ditka left behind because when Mike Ditka was here, he was so loved by everybody else. And Ditka, you know, it was like Ditka versus the McCaskies. And and the McCaskies were kind of hated. And Ditka was beloved. And Ditka had complete control over everything. And I imagine that Ditka was a menace to have as an employee in terms of just that gargantuan personality and that ferocity, which doesn't always manifest itself probably in the best of ways. Like Ditka was probably a pain in the ass to have as your head coach. So I don't think that – I think that since then – the McCaskies have probably gone out of their way to hire the converse, somebody not like Ditka, somebody that is controllable, first of all, that is not out of control as they probably perceive Ditka to be, somebody that is nice and well-mannered and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm being serious. Like I think that that is part of the potion that the Bears have had in terms of hiring head coaches they're like never again we are not doing that again so except uh, to your point except for john fox yes all of the the coaches since mike ditka have fit in that category as first year head coaches who were all really nice human beings for sure so there is that pattern and philosophy and i don't even i mean they probably it, it could very well be something that they discuss and are open about the GM thing is a, not really different, but different in that that was not a position they always valued since the Ditka era and Jim Finks and those guys who did have a lot of power in the in the uh, franchise. But since then, the position of that we know as GM with the Chicago Bears was scarce to the point where you know Mark Hatley was hired not as the GM. And this was like kind of outside of the the Bears' comfort zone. They hired a player personnel director, kind of was a GM, but not really the GM. And that's what that Mark Hadley did. And then finally, they hired Jerry Angelo to be your you know, standard, normal, what you think of as a general manager, GM. And, of course, you know I'm leaving out the fact that this first time Jerry Angelo was doing that job. And then eventually you bring in Phil Emery to do the job, and we all know exactly what happened with him. That was a joke. And then a first-time guy. And then Ryan Pace, first-time guy. And, you know, Pace wasn't all bad. I mean, that was definitely more successful than Phil Emery. And now to Ryan Pohl. So there is a pattern Again, even in that position of hiring guys with very little experience actually doing the gig, and eventually after a while, if you're not getting the right results from it, you have to change philosophically. And I'm not, like I said, I don't think Eberflus is getting fired this year, and, I don't, and I'm not ready to talk about Ryan Poles' job. I'm just not, and it doesn't like the, the Claypool thing is a big strike 
is a bad, a big blotch on the resume of Ryan Poles for sure. But I'm not going there with him yet. A year and change into it with him, uh, and obviously I haven't done that with with Matt Eberflus yet. But you know, everything has to come into consideration. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Are we to John? Are we to John? Line two. Okay, we're going John in Logan Square. Hi, John. You're on the score. Yeah. Hey, Grody. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Great suggestion. Hire John Gruden when the Bears are a PR cluster. That's the worst idea. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part of it. My brain just went to his social crimes. So I wanted to ask you if you've ever seen an organization run so poorly when it comes to media relations. I think the Cubs do an amazing job. Like, we still haven't heard from polls. Kevin Warren, I don't know what he does if he's not there to kind of put everyone in line. And, and now we're talking about Chase Claypool, when we don't even know what the heck happened with Al Williams. Like, I think the whole thing is a mess, and there's a lot of deflection and, um, and without any real explanation as to what's, as to what's going on. So, you know, what, what do you think is really happening behind the scenes? And can they put in a consistent regime to fix it by first hiring, you know, in order, a, a, a president, a GM, and, and then kind of a coach like most organizations are structured? Yeah. Okay, thanks for the call, man. I think here's what I think is going on. Like, I didn't think – I disagree a little bit. Like, I don't think Kevin Warren or Ryan Poles, it, it, of course, would have been nice – needed to come out and and say anything about what has been going on recently with Clay. I mean, they obviously did for, for Alan Williams. But at this point, I think that Kevin Warren, like if he was to come out and jump into the middle of this uh, with any of these recent incidents out at Hallis Hall, then he's basically saying that his GM and or coach are not capable of of handling it. It's almost like the boss going over the employees' heads in a really weird way. You know what I'm saying? Like it 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 hasn't been his place yet, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kevin Warren is collecting information and I trust that he is and he has been present. He's been I've seen him in the press box. I've seen him in in the locker room. He hears, he reads, he sees, he knows what's going on and when it's time he will make changes if they continue to be warranted i guarantee you that so he he sees all know that thanks for listening appreciate it thank you to our guests tonight great guests tonight mark potash gabe ramirez the regular host of this show also chris emma was with us the show produced by the wonderful tyler buterbaugh thank you tyler for your fine work on this night. I am Mark Grody. I will talk to you sometime. You know, I'm always with you right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Where do you go from here, Aaron? Home. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.